Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Scott. Oh, I'm Dave. And we're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. I screwed up the intro already. Oh, you're doing great. You're doing great. I can, <laughs> I can take the gap out. I won't, okay. but I could. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Electromotive Sound Company. Uh, they make the Cl- Clone V2, which is Dave. Have you had Have you had a chance to look at Electromotive Sound Company before? Are, are they on your radar? No. Are you a Clone no, Centaur guy? I mean, in that I've used. I mean, I've very recently used a real, uh, an original in the studio. My oh, buddy nice. Tom Bozier, who is uh, has an insane amount of gear has an original i have at least three friends without even thinking about it that have an original clon so this might be the one that if you're interested in that you check out because what what uh ben over there at electromotive sound company has done is he's created a four knob clon so one of those knobs is actually a dual gang pot so it it moves the clean blend as you're moving the blend or as the drive on a on Mm -hmm. a normal clon centaur so he breaks those into two knobs so you can actually control your clean blend and your gains separately mm-hmm. get even more control over it and get, get some more unique sound so if that's if that's your thing that might be something you might want to look at i'm in all yeah right. totally right. we're gonna have to hook you up with one all right i would love that <laughs> but I feel you like got... i'll turn both those knobs all the way up <laughs> that is kind of what you want to do um that's what that, i figure and he also has a high gain mode on it so as far as you know I, I have a clon and I love it and it's on my board for bragging rights, but honestly, I like Ben's just as much and frankly often can sound better. So yeah. And you don't have to worry about like turning your back on your pedal board and <laughs> having your clon disappear though. I figure the kind of person that would be able to spot an original clon, maybe I'm giving that sort of person too much credit. I feel like, they're not also a thief but maybe maybe that's exactly what they are i don't know i've heard too many story horror stories of boards disappearing backstage at shows and i you know i think there is there's a person who knows what that stuff's worth yeah and is just going for that quick sale and those are the worst people i have since from playing cbgb's you know when since i was a teenager well like in college you know like we I've just instinctively, my first thing I do is yank the pedal board back away from the stage as soon as the set's over. I'm just like, boom, Mm -hmm. just because I've like, I've seen it where people yank, grab pedals and run out the door. Oh, yeah. I I have another fun one of uh, I I play at a church a lot and I used to leave my board there. And then Mm -hmm. the great part would be everyone whenever you leave a piece of equipment at a church, everyone else who plays guitar is there feels like they're entitled to try it out oh and then, and then you'll come back and your knobs are in different spots and someone just messed with your whole board so i'm like i don't i don't leave it out even in the most trusted of places i i don't yeah. leave my stuff out no yeah anymore. that's the thing like oh i'm sure i did a show the other night yeah and there was like a drum set there and i realized like the last time i'd done this show there was just like a beat up crappy drum set and then Oh, they everyone like, oh. thinks they're allowed to touch the drums. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then then they were like, "Oh, you need the drums? Yeah, I think the set there's a set up there, and we got it out, and it was like a nice, 
like little cocktail set and i was like whoever set this is does not want it being used even though we were given the go-ahead to use it i feel like i don't think this is cool <laughs> but we had been given the go-ahead yeah all right well if anyone else is interested in the clone clone v2 definitely go check them out uh electromotivesound.com there will be a link in the show notes as well uh to find that yeah um, i didn't get one of these yeah um i'm not we it is a tradition on the show that people buy a pedal mid-show because we're <laughs> always looking at stuff uh i'll connect you with ben so hopefully we'll find something good for you in that yes. um and then also the show is brought to you by our patrons. If you can go, if you go to patreoncom slash the effects loop, you can sign up for whatever value amount you want. Um, and you get our episodes early, uh, instead of the normal release date, as well as at a certain Patreon tour, you get certain benefits like the hidden chat room and other funny, goofy ones at the higher paid tiers. Uh, so you can check that out at, at patreoncom slash the effects loop. All right, Dave, a first time on the show. Yes, thanks so for having me. Technically, everything's what's new with you, but particularly, it really is. Particularly, like what's baby. new with you? Oh, in my life? Sure. I, I, I think it's oh. very obvious there's something big happening in your life right now. I'm that you glad you asked. About. What's new? My brand new book, my fourth book, not to brag, uh, The Awesome Game, One Man's Incredible Globe Crushing Hockey Odyssey just came out last week it's uh ostensibly about hockey so hockey lovers will love it love it but it's also uh i think anyone who just enjoys uh fine literature will enjoy it because it really covers a lot of ground a lot of non-hockey territory I'm trying to think if there's much gear in it now i've really i don't know I don't know if there's a lot of... I don't think there's real... There might not be any gear talk in that book, and I apologize. Now, guitar gear overtake. talk, or do you get into sticks, or do you get into... A guitar gear talk. Because okay. normally, anyone that spends any amount of time with me will have to be either treated to or uh, burdened with gear talk, because it's one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> but I feel like the book there may, may, I don't know, maybe a passing reference to uh, Fuzz Face or something, but I'm not really sure. It's probably just so organic in your life at this point. You're not, it, it's not a conscious thought. It just came out, right? Yeah. Where you yeah, make exactly. one of those comparisons where you're like, man, this thing's heavier than Les Paul, and no one has any idea what a Les Paul is. You yeah, know, exactly. One of those kind of moments. I'd be like, it, this is heavier than a Norlin era. era. Norlin, maybe that was a Freudian slip. Norlin error, a Norlin error, Les Paul. Well, I'll be careful how much you uh, rag on Norlin era because I've got one sitting right over here. I'm not against them at okay. all. Like I, <laughs> I, I actually embrace all eras of all gear because I think there's magic to all of it. Um, you know, and there's all, I think a lot, especially. A lot of guitars it's really who showed up to work that day oh yeah it, i mean every it, it's a human creation so therefore it has human yeah. error throughout it right yeah i mean i i have a right here i have a 2006 usa 
Gibson 61 reissue SG that is in many ways the best guitar I own while also having the lowest price tag of or one of the very much lower price tag but it's uh, an amazing guitar oh I believe it yeah we uh some friends of mine and I were in Nashville and I got ES335 curious Oh, yeah. And so we, we were shopping through all the stores. We we're going to Carter's. We we're going to all these ones. And the buddy I was with kept picking. He's the big Gibson fanboy. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, we were just kept picking up guitars. And he'd be like, "Oh, this is this era, and this is this era." And then we, and I'm, I keep picking them up, and I'm like, "I just, it's cool. I love 335s, but this is not my one yet. You know, I just, I didn't pick it up." We're work, walking, 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 and we find this disgusting quality Norland era one. Mm-hmm. And I pick it up, and I'm like, "Oh." This is my one. Like, just the neck is right now. The, all those, all these things that are technically wrong and impure for the Gibson fanboys, I yeah. picked up and I was like, no, I like this more. Yeah, so, yeah. Who knows? It's weird. Also, like three thirty fives are so. Yeah, that's. I still don't have one. I have a three thirty, and I kind of. I know it's blasphemous, but I kind of want to get rid of it to get a three thirty five. Even though in a perfect world, I would just keep. I probably just keep it. I probably will in the real world will also keep it. But um yeah, three thirty five, I don't I know so little about the eras of that and yeah, you play one and you're just like, This is a beast. I could I could destroy Godzilla with this. <laughs> and then you play another one and you're like, No, no, no. So uh, I hear you. Of all guitar brands, particularly Gibson, has the widest variance in like what their necks feel like, the sizing on all of them. It, you really got to find your one. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've some amazing ones here. I've gotten very lucky, but yeah, they they you know so many different things. But yeah, I have an amazing Les Paul gold top here. That that's the proper color for yes. Les Pauls, as I have one hanging it, on my wall behind me. It's um, what is it? It's a 2011 56 reissue gold top custom shop with oh. p90s so i'm sure i said all those things uh, in the wrong order but yeah it's a total beast everyone that plays it is like this is the best les paul i've ever played is that a wraparound bridge or is uh, that, did they no. move to the stop tail bar already yeah 54 is the wraparound okay uh but yeah it's the oh that's uh, that whatever that's gorgeous. called yeah i Oh, and they didn't dye the back either. Oh, I no, love that. it's not not the dark back, uh, and it's uh, been scratched and scratched enough to. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome, but I think yeah, fifty four has the wrap tail, but I I do like um whatever that's called, where you wrap it through and over the stop bar. Mm-hmm. I, I've been doing that um, usually. Yeah, I usually like the feel of that a little bit more too. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of compensate a little bit for, I'm I'm a Fender guy usually, or like that's how I came up. I started on a Strat, and so unfortunately, all my guitars kind of feel like Strats at the end of the day after I fin- finish oh, setting wow. them up, because that's just like what's right in my head. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it's kind of funny how like the first guitar you get kind of shapes every guitar from there on out. Yeah. So if you started with like a Les Paul or an SG, you're kind of always in a Les Paul or an SG. If you started on a Telecaster, 
you're always kind of in a telecaster yeah it's kind of funny how that frame of reference just follows everybody their whole life yeah i think i'm kind of like yeah i try to get every guitar to play like an sg or like i have this here which is i mean i have endless every it's like 10 guitars that are probably my favorite uh but i have a rust telecaster do you know rust i don't matt brewster at 30th street guitars in new york makes amazing guitars and that one has like it's a telly but it has a compound radius oh so you it's um sounds like a telly but plays like a is easier to play oh nice they're also not too badly priced i just found a reverb some of them on reverb here yeah they're not too bad no that's very a couple thousand for, bucks oh uh, this one was 1500 i was shocked by it oh oh my god that won't last long oh it's sold <laughs> this oh, is a okay. sold listing but yeah, yeah that's uh yeah 1500 is really low for that oh this was a few years ago so that's oh, why okay. it's not real all right <laughs> No, I I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to dig a little bit more into these guys. Yeah, they're amazing. Matt's amazing. Very cool. It seems like there's a there's this niche part of New Yorkers where there's some small builders that just like are are really famous in New York, and the rest of the country doesn't seem to find out about them yet until like someone influential gets out of them. Like I heard you talking with Blake about Carmine. Um, yeah. And a few of those other ones were like, they're not big enough to necessarily get like in some of the stores. Like they're not going to be a Novo sized kind of boutique builder, you know? No, I mean, both those like Matt, Matt Brewster and then Rick Kelly, who does, you know, Kelly guitars out of Carmine Street guitars. And then Cindy Huledge, who does Cindy guitars. She started as his, you know, apprentice and now she has her own brand or whatever and but they're just all single builders like i don't they'll never i don't they're not looking to like to be bigger than what they are they're just like one person making cool shit and they're like well we've got a backlog and the bills are paid so we're good yeah yeah exactly but yeah i was just in carmen street guitars the other day and they had a lot of they have like custom guitars and then they have what they call shop guitars where you can just go in and buy it oh nice on on the day yeah i've I've seen a i've seen a tour of their facility and like every just everything crammed in that tiny room and just it i i unfortunately have not been in new york very much other than a really bad job interview i took and (laughs) (laughs) i i just had a really bad flight there and i had a really bad first impression with this company and i was like i want to i want to go home i don't want to be here any longer (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah new york can be tough that way like if you have a bad day i feel like yeah like cities like new york or la bad day can make you want to leave pretty quickly (laughs) yeah uh i mean la is always sitting in traffic that's what i remember of it and having yeah. to drive everywhere uh new york was it felt like so chicago we have the downtown loop where all the high rises are yeah and then basically once you get out of the downtown core it's all three-story buildings sort of suburban but still kind of suburban right yeah and so you can escape all the noise it's a little quieter it's a little cozier right and so like that's my chicago existence is i go downtown i go 
I go go into the loop and then I come back and it's quiet. Whereas I felt like New York, you're just always downtown. Was kind of the feeling I got when I was there. It was yeah, it was for me. But yeah, yeah, it doesn't really like settle down in any area. Yeah, but it gets a little neighborhoody. Like you know, my neighbor, I live in the village and it's pretty neighborhoody, but it's still pretty like intense. I can imagine. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we dive into a little bit of the news for this week? I know, uh, let's do it. You were, you were interested in some of there and there's been some cool stuff that I, I'm going to hop around just a little bit on our list and kind of pull some things out here periodically, but let's start with an old good New Yorker to start, which is, uh, electro harmonics has come yes. out with their take on the blues breaker called the spruce goose. Yeah. Are you a blues breaker guy? I'm not. I've used them. Uh, I'm hip to them. But so, uh, I'm not a blues breaker guy. That's like that's like the light blue boss pedal, right? Uh, you're thinking of the blues driver. Oh, yeah. Oh, Marshall blues breaker. Yes. Yeah, the Marshall oh. blues breaker or more really, in, in my opinion, it's like the king of tone has been like the thing that really elevated the blues breaker circuit, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm. Yeah, now that you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, I can picture it. But um, no, I've never really. Uh, I think maybe I shy away from guitars pedals with the name blues in it because I think like uh, it's gonna be like they're gonna be serving wings <laughs> and stuff. Like there's gonna be like a guy with a fedora and sunglasses on and i i just get i know these are just unhealthy stereotypes i have just of but that's what you get growing up in suburban cleveland your experience of the blues is uh that so well remember think, we were talking about like the different camps things break up into this might have been before we recorded so uh sorry uh for the listeners but we talked about how like how life kind of divides into two camps and i feel like if you're a guitar player you're either a blues guitar player who dabbles in jazz or uh-huh. you're a hard rock or a metal guy and there's just this chasm between the two genres or the two camps is that maybe but i feel like i'm in both camps maybe in a way because i definitely play uh but i don't know yeah i think i have hang-ups about I, it's, I think it's literally like blues driver blues though i've used the blues driver it's fine um i think both uh, but i think pedals but obviously the you know tube screen screamer would be a good example but whenever pedals like if you turn the gain all the way up and it's not ripping my head off i'm like what why what's the point of this i don't understand <laughs> oh you, you you turn it up just to the point that it starts doing something yeah i don't know i i mean i say that and my main pedal that i'm using right now is not very gainy so i'm a man of contradictions but uh this is going to turn into an interesting we're, we're going to dive through this we're going to unbundle it for you yeah it's going to be a session this may be the most controversial episode you've ever done where i'm <laughs> at once kind of contradicting myself complimenting and shit talking all in one breath oh yeah um, we- uh what what uh diaz refers to as self-defecating oh yeah i like that yeah so but 
I don't know. I have sort of the main pedal I've been using, like most consistently. There are seven bazillion pedals, but I've been using the Greer Super Cobra, I think it's called. That's oh, that's like, a great pedal. And uh, it's not crazy gainy, really. No, um, nothing, but I pretty, nothing from Greer really gets that no, out of control. Like everything's no. pretty tame on their line. Yeah, but I, that I use like, I mean, I use that for everything, whether it be, you know, yeah, whatever it is. I just hit that thing. Yeah. Boom. Well, uh, maybe this might be something you need to pick up. And, and at $129, it's impulse buy territory for a lot of people. It is, you know, it is, and I'm sure you've had this discussion, but pedals is really the band-aid of gear impulse because you can just get, you know, you're like, oh my God, should I buy, uh, you know, 58 gold top reissue or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. buy a Nash telly or whatever, and then you go like, I just bought a $120 pedal. I, I'll be okay for like a week. <laughs> yeah. And then you, then you just sell the pedal and you buy another one and then you sell the pedal and then you buy another one. Yeah. And it's just, you're, you're stuck on the infinite treadmill of flipping gear or trying new stuff out. Yeah. Try. You just try, you get it. I bought like a dime bag Daryl MXR. It had like a stencil kind of drawing of his, or of his face was camouflage and i bought it like in portland or somewhere just because it was like 40 bucks or something there you go and i and i like dime bag uh as all people should um but then i got it home and i was like oh this is horrible and i have no practical use for this pedal and it didn't sound like dime bag daryl either so who but i did sell it and i made someone happy with it i'm sure oh there you go well, this, again, this might be the one for you. It also, what makes this one a little different uh, is one, it has a little more output than a standard Marshall Bluesbreaker, which is its fundamental flaw is everyone dimes yeah. out the volume knob on those things because they don't get loud enough. And then yeah. uh, adds a switch for two extra levels of higher gain. So that might, it might get a little more gnarly for you. It might actually get into that face ripping territory. So that might be what this you might want. Be, this could be the pedal for me. It looks like it has a small footprint too. Uh, yeah, it's part of their nano line. So it's, you know, it's not the giant insane ones. You'll be able to fit this inside a probably any rig at your current pedal board. You'll find a spot for yeah, it. Yeah, it looks nice and small. I like that. There's only four knobs, which is any pedal with more than four knobs. I start to get a little dizzy oh well this next one's not gonna help you out then i mean so, i have plenty that i use that have more i'm just saying <laughs> it's very mentally challenging for me well uh yeah so old blood, old blood noise endeavors which is one of my favorite companies because everything they make is goes to that weird level that you didn't think you needed to go sure. uh has come out with the beam splitter which has 13 total knobs on the top of it okay <laughs> that is serious yeah this might be one that you're, you're gonna oh want to look at the demo of later here um but Beam splitter. oh weird delays oh gosh yeah. oh boy so what it's essentially doing is taking a few different paths and then 
letting you dial in something for that path and then dial in something for the other path and then blend them back together later. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it's like maybe more for the studio would be cool. I don't know. What do I know? Well, uh, I, I just, I, I was talking, I don't I, know. Yeah. So old boy, no, he's endeavors. I, I, I like these guys. I've, I've gotten to meet them a number of times. They're all super cool people. The thing I found with all of their pedals is you look at them at first and you're like, I don't know if I need this or not, but those are the kind of pedals that when you buy it, you're going to write a song around that pedal. Yeah. You're like, how did I not have this pedal? One thing I'll say, having not heard this pedal is the graphics are really cool. And then the fact that the knob colors Mm -hmm. are the different paths. That is so cool. I just think aesthetically this this pedal is 10 out of 10 so i have no doubt that it sounds cool too yeah one of the other really cool things this is like those subtle detail things if you look at that if you look at the rear view as you kind of scroll down this article a little bit the text labels on everything are upside down so that when you're plugging in on this pedal you can actually read the logos or read the labels one of those oh, subtle details more brilliant. companies need to do yeah that's pretty brilliant yeah that's smart because a lot of times oh you'll have to walk around the other side of the pedal you lose a half a day um <laughs> though i will say i have how many versions i guess i have two versions of the earthquaker i love earthquaker stuff uh i have the life pedal i have the first edition life pedal oh no way you were able to get your hands on one of those i have connections i got okay i know i know people (laughs) um so i have one of those and it's completely badass and from a practical level all the knobs are in the front and so you literally have to you can't like be playing and really unless you're Oh, you yeah. can't really but it looks so cool i'm like i don't mind that it i can't really see the knobs while i'm playing it because <laughs> it looks so badass that you're like it's too cool the way it is and then i have a version that's more uh suitable to my on the go lifestyle as well the most recent one <laughs> i think they've done i think they've, they've done th- three or four different is- issuances of it now i mean that now they just keep changing the colorway and releasing it again but yeah but there, yeah there's like i think they did three different versions of the big ass one i have mm-hmm. the first one the coolest one and then they did like another limited run of smaller footprint version i don't have that and then they have the production run i have that one so i gotta ask did you ever look at the resale prices that the life pedal was hidden and think about letting it go no i've seen it but uh no i wouldn't get rid of it i mean i'm maybe you know when i'm on my deathbed i'll be like oh let's sell that life pedal or maybe not maybe i won't i think i'll probably have to sell it because i don't don't have any kids and feel like none of my nieces and nephews will be respectable respectful of the value of my gear Mm. i'll probably have to unload it so they don't like show up and do stupid things with it yeah, you know, I have friends that have like <laughs> parents that played guitar and they're like, oh yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to inherit this from my dad or something like that. I'm sitting there. I'm like, you didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. But also like you should never 
look forward to inheriting something because then you're wishing death upon someone basically yeah i i don't like that part no for sure unless again if it's a really cool pedal yeah sure <laughs> i mean if if your dad owns you know like a, a 58 burst you know you who knows you know yeah you'd be like hey i love you but come on <laughs> um anyway the the beam splitter comes in at 229 which is quite affordable when you think about how many parts go into this thing they might i'm, I'm curious if they're making any money on this pedal that's a really good price. I have to say, looking at it, I would have said it cost four hundred dollars. Same, same. It looked it looks way more expensive just because, you know, guitar math. How I many a knob alone is what four dollars? You know, add that up. Sure. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but yeah, thirteen. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Very cool, though. Yeah, I might need one now. At two twenty, it's almost irresponsible not to get one. All right. Well, maybe we need to also give Brady a call and see what we can get out of him. Yeah. Let me be clear. And every pedal we're discussing, I'm I'm assuming the manufacturer is going to reach out immediately for my address. Well, Old Blood does listen to the show in the shop, so that might help you out. I'll do an Instagram post. I'll. You heard it here. <laughs> what I would love is like. I get no free gear really from doing this podcast for the years that we've done it. You come on the show once and as a celebrity, everything major, we talk about winds up on your doorstep. Major celebrity. Yeah. Major, major. But yeah, I, I will do an Instagram post. Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, next on the list, which I'm, I think you're going to want to buy too, because if, if you haven't, have you checked out Beatronics before? This is another one of my favorite brands. Oh, I th maybe let's have a look. Do I know? So You're, I'm getting schooled pretty hard, I have to say. I mean, obviously, I know and love electro harmonics, but I don't think I know this, but it looks cool as hell. Beatronics is one of the aesthetically best brands out there as well. Old Blood up there as well. But Beatronics does fuzzes and drives with weird kind of quirks to them with some of the best aesthetics you'll ever see. And so they just reviewed. Yeah, that's badass. They looking. just came out with the Nectar Tone Sweetener, which is a drive fuzz pedal offering vintage tweed style crunch to a full bot bodied overdrive. So Yeah, that that looks awesome. That looks really cool. Okay, if, guys, if you're listening, send it to me. <laughs> Though it looks like it can't be that expensive. It's it's not actually. It's, so it's 199. Uh, which in the oh, petite, price to move petite drive world is actually like dead on, if not on the lower side now. Uh, yeah, we've been talking on the show a number of times about like 220 to 230 has seemed to become the new nominal price point yeah. for pedals. Whereas, like, in my brain, I'm probably still locked in at like 180 was like the new, yeah. was like the default price a while ago. So, um, as inflation grows and things like that, new pedals coming out below 200 bucks is actually kind of becoming a rarity, especially in the boutique yeah. market. But um, yeah. this does have the top mountain knobs thing that, you know, you might have to travel around the pedal, as you were saying, to go check out what your settings are at. But yeah, I got to like walk off the stage, get down go get a ladder, <laughs> walk off the because, you know, I'm playing these massive venues. I get, get a ladder, get down. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm OK with it, though. I, you know, I could handle it. Uh, so yeah, and they got a nice, they got RJ uh, to do a demo of it. So, you know, you're just going to hear it and think you need it immediately because that's what he does with drive pedals. 
Yeah, I've seen he does good demos. I've seen this guy. I think I saw him maybe do a demo of the the Spruce Gales pedal. Do you know that pedal? I do. Yeah. Spruce Effects. I have one of those. It's, it's awesome. Um so cool. Um Do you find this there's a certain though gear demo style of playing that is really cool but then you go there's no no one plays like this in any music that i listen to <laughs> like there's <laughs> yeah. a certain and i'm like oh that's so cool that's and i love the what they're doing and what they're playing but i'm like oh no music that i listen to it incorporates this the, there was that and there was also i would say the the instagram guitar player thing where the, everyone was doing the neo soul flowy chords kind of thing yeah yeah and then i i was i was trying to mess with that a little bit and then i realized i'm like all right if i do this the singer is going to tell me to shut the hell up yeah it's weird I, it's thing. too busy <laughs> yeah there's a style of music there's yeah instagram guitar playing and uh gear demo guitar playing that's all really impressive but has no practical application yeah at, at least in terms of music that i would want to hear but i think it's good to be able to do that stuff because then you you know you're like uh lebron james dunking on the playground when you go to play you know just a song you know <laughs> yeah something I, like that i mean then there's entire genres where i'm pretty sure the only people who listen to it are other guitar players yeah so like yeah. math rock do, do do non-musicians listen to math rock because like i'm pretty sure it's unlistenable to like average people or like yeah prog rock i don't know like that's like uh that's a musician's genre isn't it uh i don't know there i think it turns like what you're talking about i mean those things could be you could be talking about so many being the old man that i am you could be talking about so many different things yeah, I, I wouldn't say it'd be. So. It, it's not Rush. I mean, that's that's pretty accessible. But like, is Dream Theater for the average person? You know? No, that is for dudes, uh, and other dudes. Uh, just a bunch who, of dudes. I mean, let's just say, if I were a woman who really had to use a restroom. I would head straight for the Dream Theater concert. No waiting. I say that having never seen Dream Theater. I'm just making assumptions. But I'm probably right. I don't I'd imagine I don't imagine a lot of women go see Dream Theater. Yeah. You know what band a lot of women surprisingly went to go see? Nickelback. I don't doubt it. Um uh it's a pretty I, female heavy fan base for nickelback you wouldn't believe well, it well you got chad kroger up there and those locks though maybe i think his hair is short now he, not he, that i he, keep a. he's got short hair now he does yeah i don't follow his, his hair that closely um but <laughs> i've never seen them you know i have no i have nothing against them they, i mean it, not, was, it was a mean to hate on them for a while but i will I will genuinely say, go if they're playing an outdoor venue by you, go get lawn seats and just hang out. It's it's a good time. It probably is. I mean, you'll know every song they play because you've been forced to hear it your entire life. I think that's a testament. There, it's true. Like, and they've been around a long time now. Like, you go see. There's artists I've gone to see where I think like 
I'll last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you're even an artist. You're like, I've made no effort to be familiar with their material. But then you're to, to your point, you just go like, oh, just being alive on Earth. I know every song. Yeah. <laughs> You've had to hear every train song despite never listening to one of their records. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I love Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath more so. But I went to see him, not, it was a long time ago, actually, but I went thinking, like, it's not going to be a sustainable night of entertainment for me. But I was like, oh, this is completely, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm like, I know every song, and it's completely entertaining. And I thought, oh, this would be 20 minutes. But I stood corrected. How long did Ozzy play anymore? Can can you do a whole set? I, th- I don't know. He might be winding down or maybe done. I don't know. But I mean, this was a while. This is like crazy. It was like it was just still 20 years ago, but it was. Uh, oh, that was peak the Osborne's era, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Osborne's time. So for me, like. I mean, Ozzy's kind of demystified anyway, because he Geezer Butler wrote all the lyrics. Hmm. Pretty much. And, but then Osborne's, it's like, come on, you're supposed to be the Prince of Darkness. And then, you you know, but whatever, they made a lot of money. So he's probably like, you know what? I'd rather have a lot more money than be the Prince of Darkness. Well, and also, I mean, props to them. They actually transcended success to a following generation. What you've seen Jack and Kelly do, like those kids have been very successful. And yeah. like earning it in their own, like they got opportunities, but who their parents are, but respect. They're, they're yeah. making a name for themselves now. They seem like nice people, as best yeah. I can tell. I've never met any of them. <laughs> well, uh, well, why don't we keep moving along real quick? So, Universal Audio has actually done two releases since we last uh, did a show. The first one adding the, um, the lion to their amp line which adds a marshal in a box um taking the uh 68 super lead and turning it into a, a dedicated pedal um does this grab your Ooh. attention are you are you into these pedal pedal amp style things yet or are you still an amp head no i mean i, I so this like you could you, this is like a this is like would be like you could use it in the way that I'm currently using a Strymon Iridium pedal. Exactly. This would replace the Strymon Iridium in your tree. Then, yeah, I'm totally into it. I just did, uh, may I, this is controversial, but my friend, may, if I may name drop, oh, Alex, Skolnick, Alex Skolnick from Testament and jazz guitarist as well, he just wrote a whole thing about how he thinks that, like, everyone's just going to be using this stuff moving forward like because it's getting so good all the different um modeling pedals and racks and things like that but so yeah i mean i just did a european tour and then uh a european i say european tour uh that involved two cities but (laughs) but uh 15, 15 nights. It was one. Oh, wow. I did did Rotterdam and then fourteen nights in Edinburgh, Scotland. Oh, good. So Lord. let's call it a tour. But it's two cities. Um, 
I did that and then the whole Tenacious Detour, which was like seven to 10,000 people every night. And I I had uh, the Strymon Iridium and uh, it was, it was, I, it was great. I didn't miss having an amp. Um, so I'm not saying I'll become an ampless person. I'm just saying I might become an ampless person. I I have not performed live with an amp in close to four, eh, three-ish years. It, yeah, what do before. you use the, the Kemper? So I had I, I bought a Kemper and, and then immediately bought a Quad Cortex um, from Neural, and it it's still my amps, right? So yeah. I have a I have a Super Reverb, a vintage Super Reverb, and an AC15 handwired that I use, and I run them in stereo, pan left right to have that two amp rig and that that fullness of that. So it's still my amps, and it's it's me micing them up how I mic them up and everything like that. But it's you know versus me lugging in two amps and my 50 pound pedal board down to just this one box. It's I, I'm getting yeah. old. I, I I know it's oh. the oldness sit, setting in, but it's like. This is so easy and it just works every time. I never have to worry about a tube blowing out. Never have to worry about the sound guy moving a mic on me. You know, it it's just up and running so easily. It's 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 too convenient not to go back or, or to go back to, you know, what we used to be doing. Oh, totally. I mean, I I should say like I have not lugged an amp some anywhere with the exception of like this little thing like uh my little vox uh modeler that's meant for like playing on the, in the subway or something which i haven't done but i could um i have not uh taken a proper amp to a gig in 15 years like i have a general no i'll take this tiny vox which has like a i don't even know if it's five inch speaker three i don't mm -hmm. know um maybe it's five uh i pretty much have it i'm not bringing no i'm not bringing an amp policy for everywhere <laughs> and i've played do you normally do backline then or yeah you... i just do because i run everything off pedals like i you know, a lot of times I'll be doing a show and they'll be like, hey, well, here's what we have. And they'll send me a list of like, they're like, we have, I have this in my house. I could bring this and this and this. And I'm like, bring the smallest. Now I'd say just I'll use the the Strymon if there's no amp there. But I just want a clean amp. And I just run everything through the pedals. Like I did in New Orleans, I opened up for Down and one of their techs had like a little fender five inch amp you know for test you know for mm -hmm. his, st his station and i just used that in front of two thousand people and ran my pedals through it and they mic'd it and i was like fine <laughs> but so, it was also so i thought it was i thought it was funny to use a just a thing on a stool but <laughs> so that was part of the inspiration for using it but it was totally fine using a a tiny little practice amp for 2000 people. It's funny how like we create these restrictions for ourselves sometimes when you, when you're doing the tone chasing thing where you're like, 
has to be the best thing ever and I have to do all this stuff. And then you're like, I can really get by with the basic thing. I really don't need this, but I tell myself I need it. Like yeah. that whole like psychological thing. Maybe it's just us procrastinating, whatever it is, but. Well, plus like there's so many factors as much as I love gear and have way too much, but also not nearly enough. Uh, I'm very lazy and in terms of gear and uh, I also think there's so many factors like by the time your guitar is coming out of the PA how many things could be changing what you intended it to sound like like there's been so many times where I literally just plugged into whatever amp was there didn't even touch the knobs mm-hmm and people are like, oh, my God, your tone was insane. That was great. Like, what did you? I'm like, I don't know. I just plugged in and uh, turned on my pedal. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of like, uh, people are like, what? What amp do you want? I'm like, I don't. Basically, I don't. I don't. I will say I don't really like Fender Twins for my own purposes. Or like a Roland Jazz Chorus. I'll be not too... Though I just saw... Very clean amps. Belly, my friend Tanya Donnelly, again, more mm-hmm. name dropping. Um, she was playing like a 60s SG through a Roland Jazz Chorus and sounded great. I'm sure she had a pedal through it, but I don't know what it was. Well, it, it's fun to remind people uh, Wes Borland from Limp Bizkit toured with the JC120 for a long time. Yeah, I mean, so. I don't know. It's all it's all in the hands. It's all in the hands. I say that uh, <laughs> as someone who's completely obsessed with gear, but it's there, all in the hands. It, there, there is something to it. There is something to it. Well, um, it you know, Dave, as as I've just completely filled up your Amazon shopping cart through probably this yes. entire episode. Uh, this is coming in at four hundred dollars, which is in line with the other UA pedals that they've released in this line so far. Um, does the whole Bluetooth app uh, has a noise gate actually in it, um, which will help clean up that a little bit, particularly since this is, you know, a, a higher gain pedal than some of their other ones they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can run an effects loop through it if you want, or you can run it in stereo. There's all sorts of features you can dial out of these things. It has an EP3 Echoplex preamp um, model in there that you can use as a boost uh what else is fun in here um bunch of presets built into it too so you can go on the app downloads how somebody else dialed in the pedal uh for a good easy quick and setup uh and if it's anything like their other ones there'll be like something like six different cabs in there that you can try out so i'm into it and 400 not bad for you know a for a uh, plexitone amp, yeah amp uh, amp in a box well, in, in the fun part is there's not a lot of companies that have done, actually gone full plexi. There's ones that have done like a JTM kind of style thing, but they haven't gone to the super lead. Because mm-hmm. I think the Strymon one, th- there is a Marshall in there, but it's not, I don't think it's a super lead, right? It's a, it's a more lower gain Marshall. I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure because I've never read the manual. <laughs> uh, my friend Doug Womble a jazz cat further name dropping for me he loaned 
I think he permanently loaned it to me. At least that was my how I choose to understand it. Uh, yeah, I know there's a marshal, a box, and a fender. And man of contradictions, I tend to use the fender setting, even though on paper, psychologically, it would be my third favorite of those three. But here we are. Here we are. That's an interesting man of contradictions. I like this. Yeah. Thanks for diving in. Um, so UA also released three other pedals. Uh, so they have the Tektronix model LA-2A, which is a famous limiter compressor. Um, there is the Brigade, which is a chorus and vibrato, bucket brigade style. And then there is the Flow, which is a vintage tremolo. Um, these all come in in the more affordable line at about $200. Bear in mind, the LA-2A is digital. It is not an analog LA-2A uh, for uh, people who are uh, obsessed with compressors and having the perfect recreation. This is not it. This is not it. It's not a real tube compressor. It's a plug-in uh, in a pedal format, which is actually all these are plug-ins in a pedal format. So the, the Brigade gives you a Boss CE1 style uh, pedal just in a, in a simple pedal and i'm trying to look this up the tremolo i think is just a regular tremolo I, there's a there's a switch i just don't know which modes it does here hmm. it looks pretty sweet i'm gonna need i might need this one <laughs> i see my my friend andy martin more name dropping mm -hmm. he does a demo of it that's when I really, when I really want to go straight to the top on a pedal, I text Andy, I'm like, Andy, what do you think? And he'll usually say, I don't know, just buy it. <laughs> See if you like it. <laughs> well, I mean, that guy just gets through everything. Um, okay. Yeah. So the, the three different tremolos is there is a harmonic tremolo on the Dharma mode. The 65 sine wave is the the deluxe reverb style. Um, and then there is a choppy square wave tremolo. Hmm. So, I mean, that's how I got into tremolo pedals was the Smiths. The how soon is now. Yeah. That And I was like, I need that sound. I need that sound. And that that started an addiction for me of going down the, the rabbit hole of tremolo sounds. So. Yeah, I got to... I haven't really leaned into tremolo enough in my life even though yeah i love of course but i think i think johnny marr did that with what like four i think fenders? it was yeah it was, oh, no i think it was um i thought it was a tr2 just a boss i thought it was a modified boss but i could be wrong wait for that song for the recording of that song yeah i don't think so i mean i may be proven wrong but i swear i read that they had like four Fender whatevers and they had to keep like do it as they went if like punch in because the tremolos would get out of sync eventually. Oh really? Yeah. Alright well that's a journey I'm going to have to dive down. There has to be documentation of this somewhere. I'm on the Wikipedia for just that song right now oh, trying okay. to see it. Oh now okay. Now I got to do that. How soon is now? 
Secrets. Oh, here we go. The secrets. This is Guitar World. He wanted the intro to be as potent and recognizable as Layla. Wow. That's amazing. That's great, but it worked. It did. I'd also say it's a shame that the rest of it. This is one of those songs that like is the most famous song of a band and none of their other material really ever sounded like it. You know, True. it's like how like blur became famous for song two, even though yeah. none of their material sounds like song two other than that song. Oh, so we're kind of both right because he used an Epiphone Casino into a Fender Twin with no tremolo. Then they reamped it through four twin reverbs, all with the tremolo engaged. Oh, interesting. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine just having three twin reverbs cranked in a room? Yeah, that would be loud. I mean, <laughs> I, I liked I like twin reverbs, but I I really only like them cranked, and you can't always crank them to where they need to be, in my experience. Oh, interesting. Uh, so they used uh, side chaining with the drums on a noise gate to make sure it's synced up. That's how they were able to balance it out. Wow. Nowadays we just have tap tempos and uh, um bpm gauges makes life so much easier yep but not as awesomer is (laughs) not as awesome as discovering those sounds yeah well let's hit one last pedal here uh on the list i i'm uh, just keeping the time moving for you um possibly one of the biggest releases of the year arguably is line six has come out with the hx1 which is 250 effects in one pedal okay i'm against it okay but i and and yet i want it (laughs) and yet i want it have you gone down the the helix route yet have you tried any of that stuff from line six yet no but uh i've heard a lot about it and uh, i think like it's probably great but then like if you have everything all in one thing then what do I have all these drawers of pedals for? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking from experience, cool. um, you get the thing that does all the things, and yet you still have boxes full of pedals. Yeah, it yeah. Does, it doesn't that's... go away. It doesn't cure it. Okay, I guess that's what would happen. Yeah, I just a sucker for all of it. You know, like the <laughs> the you know the graphics on the pedals and uh, whether or not it comes in a fun bag yeah all these things so this does um pretty much everything just a single effect at a time that the helix series has done um and it also has a second knob to pull up presets that you can go and hop between there's 128 user preset slots um you can use the online manager with your computer uh, some other nice features of it is it does do a 500 milliamp uh power supply Whereas I, I think a lot of people were really struggling with some of the other uh, HX stuff that required, uh, I believe, a thousand milliamps. So a uh-huh. lot of power supplies just weren't able to handle it, or you have to daisy chain stuff. You'd, 
that so most modern power supplies can give you 500 milliamps at nine volts so it's a little more usable um it does not include any of the amp and cab simulation that like the hx stomp would have uh-huh. um so it's not your solution for an amp in a box uh, at the $300 price point, but it does kind of update and kind of fill in the space that, uh, what was it? The M five from line six used to be where it was like, yay big. It was a bigger pedal, but it was a single effect at a time kind of thing too, from the pod series. Wait, so this, so yeah, so this thing is a million pedals in a one pedal, but you can only use one at a time. Yes. I'm out. You're no, out. no, no, that seems good. <laughs> that seems cool actually uh i think it's cool because then yeah you can still uh use other pedals and still feel like you're using your other pedals so yeah it's your swiss army knife pedal i mean there's I like been that, other ones then you can be like you know what uh this is my qtron mm-hmm. and my roto vibe and my whatever else Yep, your rotary speaker that you only need for one song in the set. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm back on board. Yeah, back. Let's let's instead of carrying ten pedals that you use for one song, and you only use them one at a time. Now you can condense your pedal board to four pedals. I like. I think I want to get this pedal now that the more we talk about it. Yeah. And the other benefit is it's line six, which is like one of the most mature platforms that are out there. People share their presets with each other, so. Uh, you might be able to get up and running on it really quickly. I'm a, I'm a, like a line six caveman. I still use the pod. And the pod uh, actually probably sounds good for you because you use it correctly, right? I, I might, I have no idea if I use it correctly, <laughs> but I, I record with it and, and some people make fun of me that I don't just use the like other things available, but I'm like, I don't know. I know how this works. <laughs> so I just do it. I mean I don't use I mean I don't use it for everything but using yeah. it is you just using it is the trick. Like it's not you know it's it's not about necessarily using it correctly. It's what's right for you in that moment and Mhm. All that. Um this last thing I actually intentionally left in because uh even though the link is not working for me is it working for you? I'm just getting a blank let's, page. Maybe let's it's see. Where the this is the Guitar World article I just shared. Oh yeah. Um, um, here we go. Let me try it in Safari. See if it works. The uh, first folding electric guitar that you can take everywhere. Yeah. So what's funny about this is it's not the first, but um, Ciari's been a company that's been around for a while. I think I first saw these guys at Nam 2018 or something like that. But I will legitimately say these guys have perfected a folding guitar. Uh, and they used to be three thousand, three and a half thousand dollars and too too expensive for everybody. But now these are coming in around fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars. Um, and these are beautiful. There's a if if you ever watch a demo of it, there's a sort of this latch that you undo. And then the whole oh, guitar wow. will wait, what that will do is it'll take all the tension off the strings. Mm-hmm. And then you fold it in a certain way where the strings all still stay in place. And so you don't have strings everywhere. Um, and then you can snap the neck back. It's it's like a three-point hinge. Snap it back. Snap that uh-huh. bar back in place, and it's back at tuned pitch. 
Oh, wow. That's insane. So for someone like you who's on the road all the time, you might love something like this. Maybe, but I don't know. I, I kind of want to play my cool guitars. I mean, this looks cool, but, um, you know, I always say that with your guitar, like what you're going to walk on stage with, no one's going to know that you had an easy time <laughs> at the airport. No one's going to know or care about that. Like mm -hmm. my, if I may continue with my name dropping, please, my friend Rhett Miller, old 97s, a solo singer songwriter as well. Dear friend, excellent musician. He normally plays like a Gibson J 200. One of the most badass looking acoustic guitars you could walk on stage with. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, I got an, a Fender Acoustasonic and it's so easy and I can kind of model all these different guitar sounds. And I was like, dude, no one's going to know that you wasn't a pain in the ass to get here with your J200. Like the, when people show their pictures, take your picture. Do you want to be holding a J200 or do you want to look, play this guitar that looks like a companion to like a reed diffuser air freshener thing to my mind that's the acoustasonic it looks like it's from like pottery barn or something and they're great don't get me wrong he ended <laughs> up loaning me his for a year and i and then i joke was on him because then i used it at shows but <laughs> well, only locally um and uh i just think you gotta still look cool come on yeah now that having been said this guitar does actually look cool so i take i take it all back <laughs> this uh this what's it called sierra uh siari siari uh, yeah. siari it, it does actually look cool it looks it looks uh it doesn't i mean it's not the coolest looking thing it's not as cool as like a flying v or something but it, it's a pretty tame looking guitar all things considered like it it, but, it, it strays towards the traditional look but it looks cooler than like, you know, a PRS or something. Not to lash out at PRS guitars, but at the same time, you know what I mean. I hope they're not one of your sponsors. I own two of them. They're not bad. They're great guitars. <laughs> no, I'm not you're saying fine. you're fine. You're fine. I'm not uh, saying. I'm not saying oh, they're. There, there, well, there was knows. such an association for a long time of they were the rich douchebag car guitar. Well, yeah, you see it and you're like, okay, yeah, I, I know that's running straight into a triple rectifier. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah, no, but but yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, investment banker guitar and, before they just went and bought all that. And to be honest, they, they've kind of had a resurgence, uh, and I would solely point that at John Mayer has helped them rebrand themselves. Oh, because they did that strat for him. They did the strat for him, and he was playing... Well, he also, he plays a McCarty and he had that, that crazy guitar he had built for himself. I think it's called the Super Eagle for when he was doing Dead and Company. Oh. Whereas this triple pickup thing with all the different switches, it was basically like, what if Paul Reed Smith took Jerry Garcia's guitar and made a modern version of it? And who made that for him? 
that was like custom made by Paul Reed Smith, like actually oh, by so him. Oh, so it's a Paul Reed Smith. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And so that's that. Um, John Mayer's been part of the rebranding, and then they've they found some endorsees and some not new metal acts. I think like I would want one, and uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like yeah, they I made mean, some with pick guards. I think look pretty cool. And I'm friends with Zach Myers from Sean. I'm going to keep name dropping. I think it's very important. To Actually, Zach Myers was another one of those artists I would say helped re- renovate the brand too. Yeah, he has his signature model. Yeah. And I, I was tempted to text him and be like, hey, send me one of those. Come on. But I the, like we were, even the SE one, the, the Indonesian ones that the model, the version of his guitar, the Zach Myers SE is fantastic. But is there what is there a U.S. version of his yeah, guitar? Yeah, there's a U.S. version too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that I thought there was only the Indonesian one, but now I'm gonna write him and be like, "Hey, send me the U.S. version. What are we even doing?" Well, I was gonna say I think I saw Zach's run rig rundown, and I think he's got what twenty guitars on tour with him. I, think I, I would say. hope. I would hope so. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I he, like when people take way too many guitars. Oh goodness. My favorite one, I, I had a balcony like Juliet. What, what's the what's the opera? Oh, the opera box seat, basically. Yeah. To see Wilco. Oh, nice. And they have their vault on stage, so I could overlook and see just they had a whole room full of guitars. That between the uh, four of them that play guitar in that band, you got just so many. Is it four? Actions. I thought it was just three, but maybe it is four. I don't know. There, I know Jeff Tweedy, obviously Nels Klein. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pat. Pat, and then I think their other keyboard player will periodically pick up a guitar too. Oh, Michael. Yeah. I just saw not to name, but if I make, if I continue, I hope you're, <laughs> I hope this is you know helping the episode, but I just, I, I mean, I, we don't I, have to pay for these name drops, do we? I just saw Michael on Saturday. Oh, nice. In, in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I haven't had the luck of running into them, but we, we use the same repair guy out and, uh, they're they're playing tonight in chicago oh man they're they're playing at metro tonight i'm gonna go look for tickets (laughs) down the street i gotta go Uh, yeah you gotta go there we go well that is dave that's the end of our list for today um and that's a pretty sweet list it's been some cool stuff coming out and there's even more cool stuff that we'll talk about next in the next episode because new cool stuff is always coming out that's the beauty of this show so yeah i want all of it if the, if any of the manufacturers are listening i would like and they're on the fence hey should we send dave one of these things then yeah yeah i'm telling you i'll take it out i'll take it on when i go on tour with tenacious d in may there i'll bring go. it and rip some solos boom i mean you've got an endorsement or two don't you i mean yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know how that works, but I've 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 been many companies or several companies, I should say, have been very kind to me and uh, helped me uh, have more gear, which I like. Um, but it's all really good stuff. I mean, I think I was telling you, uh, I'm playing this beautiful Illuminati guitars, Orion guitar, a lot lately, which is totally badass and uh 
Yeah, I'm always using the Earthquaker stuff. And you Earthquaking got that, it you up. Have, you got that great hookup with Earthquaker because you're getting access no, to all don't. the fun ones. I didn't say that. I just said I know a guy who knows a guy. I didn't say I have a hookup. Let me be clear. <laughs> well, uh, but for for the record, I I'm don't don't say I got a hookup because I never said that. I'm just <laughs> saying I got the life pedal first edition on the black market. Uh, it was actually Shanghai. Uh, I was in Shanghai and I. I uh, had to, one thing led to another, and under cover dark darkness of night, I got the life pedal, the first one. And you can't say any more. I can't say any more, but I, yeah. You, for, let me be clear. And you're any, not you're not required to incriminate yourself. So no. Uh, I would I would say yeah. I just I get pedals. Uh, doing what has to be done and sometimes laws are broken and you know and now you can't go to China anymore so not yeah, not for a while I gotta yeah. lay low yeah <laughs> until the heat dies down well yeah. uh, Dave thanks for joining us this was fun uh, and a unique change of pace from uh, our normal show so I'm, I'm just this was really fun I'm really grateful for you joining us Thank you so much for having me. Do you want to give one last plug to everything going on? I mean, you got a tour coming up. You got totally. you a book coming up that just came out. Why don't, just give us a yeah. lot. I'll tell you. Uh, the main thing, my new book, The Awesome Game, One Man's Incredible Globe-Crushing Hockey Odyssey, which does not talk about guitar gear nearly enough, but uh, I feel like everyone will enjoy it as a great work of literature. And then, uh, yeah, a lot of shows coming up. I'm going to be uh, Austin, Texas on the 30th of November. Then I go to Bozeman, Montana. Then I go to Helper, Utah. Springville, Utah, I think it is. And then uh, I'll be in Portland, December 13th, Mississippi Studios. Now I'm just giving you my whole rundown, endless. Um, all by way of saying, buy my book. All pedal companies send me the pedals. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then in May, I'll be in Ireland and UK with, with Tenacious D, which is all sold out. But I know a guy who knows a guy in Shanghai. We'll get you tickets to that, those shows if you want. I feel like you bought that pedal on Ticketmaster. I did buy the Life pedal on Ticketmaster. Okay. But it was worth There were fees, but it was worth it. Throw in a Taylor Swift ticket just to make for good measure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> make it affordable. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. And uh, thank you all for listening this week. Uh, again, if you want more of the show, you can go to theeffectsloop.com. There you'll find a, our link tree to everything, including our Facebook group, to go chat about how much you love Dave Hill's work. And uh, that's definitely going to oh, be the boy. conversation. Our Facebook group what if week. they, what if they're just like, who is that jerk? Well, and I'm going to be like, oh, man, I've been a fan of this guy for years. Oh, thank you. But they're like, he's such a name-dropping jerk who has connections to the underworld. Oh, I mean, so the, the fanboy moment. I think the first time I saw your work was actually on At Midnight. Do you remember that show way back in the day? Of course I do. I wish it were still. It's coming back, actually. Is it really? But on CBS, I believe, and uh, 
I'm not convinced. I'll be. Uh, they may, Chris Hardwork they may, is associated may, with it still, or no? I I think someone else will be hosting mm. it, and uh, not sure I'll be getting the call to be on it. I hope so, but I don't oh. know. Uh, I always I DVR'd it and made sure I watched every time it was you and Tom Lennon. Those were my two favorite guests on the show. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love Tom. So the, you have great taste. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, uh, what, what, what else do I have to plug? Oh yeah, if you want to keep supporting the show, Patreon, our link, uh, you can either go to the patreon.com slash the effects loop or go to the effects loop.com. You'll find a link to the Patreon there. You'll also find a link to Electromotive Sound uh, in our show notes. Again, thank you to them for sponsoring us. Um, and Ben will be talking, trying to get Dave hooked up with the pedal. Uh, I can't wait for all those pedals. <laughs> no promises no promises but there's hope and that, that that's yeah. what keeps us going right yes you gotta have hope and until next time thanks all for joining us have a good one thank you everybody